This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good good morning. I am good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our extended family joins with us online. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. And on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us today. Before we continue, just a quick reminder of how we take our offerings here. Uh, You can use the envelopes on the seat backs in front of you for any cash or checks you'd like to give. And on the way out, there'll be ushers there with little buckets so you can put your offerings in there. A lot of people give online, have signed up for recurring giving, which we really encourage because it helps us greatly. That's when you just decide in advance. This is how much we give every week, uh, and that just happens automatically. Uh, And then some people use their phones. And you can give that way through the Celebration Church app and I encourage you to do it. Thank you for your faithfulness in supporting uh, Celebration Church. Um, a couple of years ago, I got contacted by a guy online, whatever. You know, I get, get so many emails and texts and messages all the time. Uh, and this one guy says, hey, I've seen your stuff. I really love it. Appreciate it. He says, uh, I have... Uh, this place in Mexico, if you ever want to come stay, you know, it's near the ocean and stuff. And, and you know, I, I didn't think much of it. I just figured it was a timeshare, which is not a slam. There's some nice timeshares out there, you know, kind of little apartment kind of thing. And, you know, a couple of blocks from the ocean. I don't know. So I, I mentioned it to Deanna. She says, well, what's it look like? I said, oh, I don't know. I didn't look. So I went back and looked. This thing is no little timeshare. This is like a mansion on the side of a mountain overlooking the ocean. Uh, It's incredible. They rent it out for $18,000 a week. It's a yo mama place. And not only is it decked out like that, it comes with a full staff that serves you all day long. You've got your cooks. They do the cook us, cook us, cooking us to death, I think. They're feeding us to death. Just constantly uh, everything you want. Full-time guy, does nothing but make sure you have whatever drink you want at any given moment. Uh, every day they clean. Every day they do laundry. Anything you want, they are serving you the entire time. It's all part of this $18,000. Anyway, this guy says, 
uh, you know, that he would like to let us use it. And I, I mentioned to him uh, last year, I said, you know, we've never taken our staff anywhere and done a retreat. Uh, would it be okay if we brought them uh, for the week after Easter? He said, sure. So he, he said it was open. So uh, this last week we were in Mexico suffering for the Lord in this <laughs> incredible place. I mean, it's just off the charts. Just amazing. God bless that man for being so generous and kind to us. Uh, we're enjoying the sun. Uh, on day one, we're out in the sun. They got, he's got several little pools on this property. And uh, I was sitting by one and lathering up. You know, I thought, But it wasn't, apparently, it wasn't sunblock. It was like a bronzing accelerant. <laughs> kind of like you would put on a turkey, you know, to brown the skin and make it really brown and crispy. So I'm out there for hours just slathering this stuff up. And by the end of the day, I'm like, ah! and I almost never burn, man. My Puerto Rican skin usually comes out and I just darken up. But, ah, oh, was that painful? Uh, all week, I just, so that's better now. I'm fine now. It's just starting to peel like crazy. I look like I have leprosy on, on most of my back and shoulders, but uh, unclean, unclean. But uh, anyway, uh, so, uh, but we had a very special event this Thursday in Mexico. Now, uh, as most of you have heard our story, uh, we came to uh, Celebration Church 15 plus years ago. Uh, when we stepped in here, the church was in a state of financial crisis. Things were not well. Uh, they were like $8 million in debt, uh, all without being financed. It was all on a line of credit, craziest thing I've ever seen. And, and still borrowing $50,000 a week to keep the lights on. $50,000 a month to keep the lights It was bad. I had friends say to me, don't go there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, but we did it, and we felt we should do it, and we came and, uh, and we worked through it. Uh, we eventually got a mortgage that was, but it was not a very good mortgage. It was really high interest rates. I don't even want to tell you how high you get mad at us, but uh, it's, it's the only thing we could do to get in. Uh, the loan was called a disaster loan. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? So we've been a disaster for quite some time and uh, never missed a payment. And these guys are making out like bandits on us. I mean, the amount of money of interest they were taking in was crazy. Uh, but we, every time we went to a bank to get refinanced at a, like a normal mortgage, you know what those are, uh, they would turn us down. So, well, you're about a million dollars or so upside down. It's like, ah. Oh. So, uh, but we just never could raise the money. Just nothing seemed to ever work for us on that regard. A couple of months ago, all of a sudden, people were saying, listen, we can do this. Uh, God put it on hard on several people in the congregation, some people online. I mean, there was $250,000 that came from people who watch us on the internet came in. I mean, money was coming in. It was amazing. <laughs> the only unbeliever was me. And uh, I just thought, that we, yeah, we'll never make this. It'll never happen. We can't do it. You know, Mr. Poopyhead. Uh, because after 15 years of struggling, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes life kind of sucks the life out of you. But it just kept coming and kept coming. And uh, we got to uh, last week, not last week, the week before, uh, a million dollars had come in. But we needed 1.2. And all had to be closed by the end of April. We were like a week away. And uh, it's like, oh, my goodness. 
But then on the day we, were get, we left that afternoon to go on our trip to, to Mexico, we had a buyer in Stevens Point buy the building that we had there, and we were cleared $275,000. And it came... Seriously, the last second. Anyway, it comes at the last second, and we got the green light. And Thursday, in Mexico, we are signing all the papers to close on the refinance. We are now not a disaster, but normal people. Praise the Lord. And on the way out today, we had cupcakes to celebrate. Whee! So uh, <laughs> uh, this is a big deal for us. It's going to save us a lot of money. And we're so grateful. Now, we're not debt-free yet. I mean, for us, just getting refinanced is like burning the mortgage. Whee! You know, but uh, we are eventually going to burn that mortgage. We got $5 million to go. We're trusting God. Uh, set our sights over the next two years to take off another million. Say, where does that money come from? Look, most of this money came from people who God has greatly blessed financially. And then we made it possible for everybody who wanted to do something just to be part of it. But it was done mostly by people who have been greatly blessed. There are people that God blesses financially uh, so they can do stuff like this. They tend to be a very generous people. It's why God blesses them. Uh, and, and he doesn't do that for everybody. I know everybody would love to win the lottery, right? Uh, but it just doesn't work that way. Why? Because God likes you. Uh, and he knows if he gave you a whole bunch of money, you would destroy yourself. You said, no, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. We've seen it over and over and over. I mean, the amount of documentary evidence in this country, just of people who won the lottery, is stunning how they win millions of dollars, and with a short period of time, they lose everything. They're more broke than when they won the lottery. Divorced, everything fell apart. Most people cannot handle that kind of money. It's not good for you. Any more than it's good for you to give your kids everything they want. They would disagree, but it's not good for them. And the same with you. So don't get discouraged that you aren't in that category, but some of you are. Some of you, God has really blessed your businesses. And my prayer is over the next two years, God will continue to bless and prosper you so that you can be these generous people. Some of these people that were able to write huge checks, not but more than four or five years ago, were on the verge of bankruptcy. I know these people. And what has happened in their life financially is stunning. Why them? Because they're the kind of people that turn around, all of a sudden just give huge amounts of money to other people. They just have a gift of generosity that falls on them, and it is amazing. So my prayer is that we'll continue to bless and prosper our congregation, you guys as individuals. Now, you may not be rich, rich, but even more than what you have now, so that we can continue to be blessed. Give, Jesus said, and it will be given to you. We see this as the years go by, and we're excited. So we're trusting and very positive that in not too many years from now, all of this will be gone. Thank God. So we're very, very excited and blessed by that. Uh, okay, now to my message this morning. A second Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 11. Paul says, and we do this so that we may not be outwitted by Satan. Don't kid yourself. Satan wants to outwit you and make you a nitwit, all right? He will do whatever he can to ruin what God is doing in your life and us as a congregation. Uh, uh, and then he says this, for we are not ignorant of Satan's designs. 
Now, whenever I read this, I'm thinking, who are you talking to? Almost everybody I know is ignorant <laughs> of the Satan's divine. People tend to do the same stupid things over and over and over again. Satan is not terribly original. You got to hand it to him. But he has, he knows what works and he gets people trapped in the same things. And his, he is out to outwit us as believers. Uh, Peter says it this way, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. I love watching these African documentaries in the wild and, you know, as they're filming these lions as they're sneaking up on their prey and, you know, usually they all hang together in safety, but there's always one dumb deer, you know, who's just lollygagging around la, 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 la. and the lion sneaks up and okay, this is Satan's job. He is looking for people to pick off, looking for ways to attack and hurt. This is what he does. And the Bible says, be alert, be of sober mind. We're not supposed to be ignorant of what he's up to. So not to be a downer, but I have to tell you, in the great blessings that we have been experiencing this last year, and it's been an incredible year. It started with Pentecost Sunday. We had the most amazing spiritual blessing night that I've ever experienced in 67 years on this planet. I mean, it was powerful and people were being blessed and touched and healed. Others were being filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues. I mean, this, this was like, wow, it was an incredible thing. Uh, and then throughout the year, uh, people continue to be blessed and grow. We started praying, being very specific about praying for people who are sick. I have seen more miracles and answer to prayer for healings in the last four months than I've ever seen in my entire life put together before that. And we're talking some dramatic, dramatic, you don't hear them all. You know, there's this lady a few weeks ago who said, they say I have pancreatic cancer. Now that's a nasty one. There's cancers, then there's cancers that kill you right away. Pancreatic cancer tends to be in that category. It's very, very nasty. Uh, we, she came for, for a prayer. We anointed her, we laid hands on her, trusted God to touch her body. Uh, the Sunday before we left, she said, they, they can't find anything in right now. It's all gone, you know. So you say, I don't believe it. Well, that's why your life sucks. Okay, but those who believe it, great things happen. Well, what if it comes back? Well, aren't you a cheery soul? Uh, it could. I don't know. Look, at some point, everybody dies. Nobody gets out of here alive. Well, not today. I knew it was a cult. They're going to kill us all. Ah! No, we're not going to kill anybody today. All right. That's next week. All right. So, but everybody dies. You know, it is my wife, Debbie had cancer. They told her she had five years, max five years, 20 years later before she succumbed to that thing. It's called prayer and answering prayer and God doing things. But the reality, I mean, if we answered every prayer, if he answered every prayer, nobody would ever die, right? It doesn't work that way. But uh, uh, great blessings, God healing people, touching people. I have been stunned. You know, pastors, great, you're leading this. Really? I'm like some of these politicians who've been leading from behind. You know, I'm just sitting and watching. You know, it's incredible. And these financial things, I was the only poopy head who didn't, want, who didn't think it could be done. And yet it has been done. And there's, and, but when all this is happening, I start looking around. There's a lion out there somewhere. He is not going to let this set. He will come at us as an organization. I promise you, be aware, 
be alert, and he'll try and come after you personally. Now, one of his major devices that we're not supposed to be ignorant about, though so many tend to be ignorant about, is that he likes to bring discord among people. Proverbs, the sixth chapter, verse 16, starting in verse 16, says, there are six things the Lord hates. God hates these things, all right? Seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and check this one out, a person who stirs up conflict in the community, as hated as somebody's whole. You wouldn't think that much, that would be, that last one would be in this list, but it is. He hates this. And there's one thing the devil will try to do is get people sniping at each other and complaining and going crazy on each other. It's what happens all the time. How do you fight it? Be aware of it. Be alert. And I got to tell you, this is a great church. We rarely have things like this happen here. But again, we try to be alert. And always, every once in a while, I bring it up. Be careful. Watch for this stuff. Don't get crazy. The children of Israel, I mean, what an example. They, they've been in a slavery for 450 years. That's a long time. 450 years slaves in Egypt. And then God dramatically brings them out of Egypt and they're out in the wilderness and every morning they wake up, there's breakfast on the floor. I mean, this is a crazy thing. God's taking care of everything. And then Moses goes up into the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. He's gone for 40 days. The people start complaining. Where, where, where is he? Where, where did Pastor go? We should be here this Sunday. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And they all start going nuts. By the time Moses comes down, they had built a golden calf, a calf made out of gold, and they're worshiping it and bowing down, dancing and going crazy around this cow. We're from Wisconsin. We don't do that to cows here. We try to make money from them, <laughs> not worship them. Uh, I mean, it, and for 40 years, they do this. They were constantly complaining, constantly complaining. It was the one thing that wound them, be, they were supposed to go from Egypt into the promised land. It was like a 10-day journey. 40 years later before they go in. Why? Because they wouldn't stop complaining, constantly whining, constantly criticizing. I don't like the way things are around here, criticizing the leadership, criticizing Moses, Aaron, all these. I mean, it was just a disaster. And the Bible tells us, learn from this. Learn from this. Be careful. This is one of Satan's devices. So our challenge always, and my encouragement, take care not to get caught up in complaints and negative comments. Because all it does is stirs up conflict in the community, which is one of Satan's devices we're not supposed to be ignorant of, but so many are. You hear something negative. Man, don't go all nuts. Well, fast, well what if it's true? And here's the thing. All complaints have a degree of truth to them. Here's a great rumor. The church just raised a million plus dollars. And the pastors all run off to Mexico <laughs> in a hoity-toity place. Ugh. A part of that is true, but it's not. It's this intent, you know, the, the implications that we stole money, which we didn't. This trip, first of all, the guy let us come there for free. All right. So, but it's stuff like that. It's that if you heard that, you know how many people in our church would go, 
really? They did what? Yeah, you can see it on Facebook. They got pictures right there. Oh, that's horrible. They took all the money we were. No. See, there's always a little bit of truth. If you see something that you think isn't right, just come talk to us. Figure it out. We'll be open with you. Don't get caught up in criticizing things, even if it has elements of truth. You got just enough truth to make that sound horrible, right? What I just said, it sounds horrible, but that's not the way it was. Come talk to us. Here's an important thing to watch out for. Beware of secondhand offenses. Secondhand offenses. Most people get caught up in this nonsense. Here's what happened. Anna gets mad about something. And she tells you what she's mad about. And now you're more mad than she is. That shouldn't happen. All right? Anna was out there and somebody called her a poopy head. <gasps> they called you a poopy head? That's terrible. I can't believe this church calls people poopy heads. You know, and, and now you're more mad than they were. And now she feels better because she's told somebody her story. Now she's happy. The next person is furious. This happens all the time. Many of you have been caught up in this. You'll hear something about something that happened to somebody else. And now you're mad. You're more mad than they are. Don't do that. Watch out for crazy stuff like that. If you hear something nasty like that, here's what you say. Listen, Anna, tomorrow morning, I'm going to call the church office and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And you know what? 99 times out of 100, that person will say, oh, don't do that. Or don't worry about that. Because they like being miserable. She's not like people. Some people enjoy their misery. And if you give them a solution to their misery, they make you stop. So they you stay angry. Don't. If, you get, if it makes you angry to hear by yourself, go figure out what happened. Call the church. Figure it out. We are not ignorant, supposed to be, of Satan's devices. And then finally, protect your homes. Okay? Satan, if he can't destroy the community out front, he'll try to destroy the community by destroying your homes and coming after you. Husbands and wives going crazy. <laughs> Arguing with the stupidest things on earth. Peter writes this. He says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. I thought the Bible says, men are supposed to get respect. Because in Ephesians it says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And this gets so drilled. It's one of the problems when you focus on just one verse. You think that's it. It's not it. It also says, respect your wives. And wives should love their husbands. It, don't get so myopic. We're supposed to do all of it for everybody. Okay? Treat them with respect as the, as the weaker partner and, and as heirs with you. They get the same gracious gift of life that you got. Why should you be careful about that? So that nothing will hinder your prayers when you are going at each other. This hinders your prayers. And that should concern you. Why? Because if you're like me, you need God in your life. You need God to bless you. You need God to prosper you. You need God to keep you healthy and strong. God to watch out for your children. Your prayers will start to get hindered if you two are going psycho crazy on each other. Now, having said that, Understand this. Not everyone will have a super doopy, huggy, squeezy marriage. That's okay. Look, I know couples, they can barely stand each other. But they're happy. You know, as long as you keep your promise, some people just get on each other's nerves. I wish there was a way to figure this out before you get married. But nobody listens before they get married. Because they're on drugs. Oh, I'm in love. 
and they don't hear and they don't think, and it's just, it's just the nature of the beast. And they wind up marrying someone who irritates the snot out of them day and night. What do I do? Suck it up, buttercup. Well, what if he wasn't the one? As soon as you said, I do, he became the one. All right? Stop. So you irritate each other. You irritate each other. So what? Some of the longest running marriages are people who snarl at each other for 75 years. They're old. Pick up your underwear. That's not my underwear. It's your underwear. That's right. We wear the same underwear now. I forgot about that. And they die holding hands. Everybody's different. Everybody's all huggy and squeezy and cow-eyeing each other all the time. It's fine. So when we talk about marriage, that's not what we're talking about. A lot of Christians do this. A lot of churches do this. A lot of marriage ministries create this. Really spiritual. Everything will be glorious. No, no. Just be nice. Now, no one should tolerate an abusive or unfaithful spouse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyday normal stuff. Satan wants to disrupt your home just like he wants to disrupt the church. And the way he disrupts the church is by disrupting your home. We are not ignorant. Not supposed to be. This kind of stuff's going to be coming at you. Now, let me give you a couple of words of advice this morning. This is free. I'm going to talk to you men. Now, you all should give me a thousand bucks for what I'm about to say to you. Because this will be life-changing. Listen to me. You know all those stupid little arguments you have with a woman? For the love of God, just let the girl win. And the lady said, Amen. Amen. You can't possibly feel that intense about the color of the carpet or about where a chair sits or what kind of toaster you get. Seriously, this is the hill you're going to die on. Are you insane? Listen to me. Develop the art of not having an opinion. I mean that sincerely. I'm not talking about having an opinion and being quiet, although I would settle for that. I'm talking, listen, I'm serious as a heart attack. You want to be happy as a married man? Learn the art. You know what? Like these musicians up here, they get, they learn this stuff on purpose. It's an art. They're intentional. They practice at it. Learn the art of just not having an opinion. My wife has always asked me, what do you think? I don't care. Could I care? I could. But I have learned the art of not having an opinion. Who cares? Who cares? Arguing about the stupidest things on earth. Sucking the life out of you. <laughs> Look, you can do what you want. You have every right to be miserable. <laughs> this is America. We're a nation full of miserable people. Listen to me, boys. You can be right or you can be happy. Rarely can you be both. There are those moments that are engraved on a stone somewhere. I was right and I'm still happy. Just 
relax, fighting. The girl wants to go somewhere with her girlfriends. Let her go. Seriously, you fight? I know guys fight her. Oh, my wife wants to go with the girlfriends. They want to do something. Let her go. This is five days. She's not in your face. Why don't you just let her go? And then she's happy. And then you know what happens? Then you're happy. Here's the math. Happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. Honestly. All right, that was free. Worth thousands of dollars. That right there. My advice to the women. Make love to the man. And all the men said, Amen. All right. Don't treat your feminine gifts like a special safety deposit box that is stored somewhere in Fort Knox. Like an impregnable secret vault in a James Bond film. Like the Defense Department's secret mountain where they store and protect the nuclear codes. Be nice. Share. Be a sharing woman. Let's all share together. Okay? Now, if you're single, lock the box. All right? Lock the box, weld it shut, whatever you got to do. We'll deal with it when you finally get married. And as funny as all this is, something you need to know, ladies. A man will never fight for a woman who is not intimate with him. Won't happen. Won't ever happen. I hear women complain horribly. He doesn't fight for my interests. He doesn't care about me. And when they go on that path, I inevitably say, how's your sex life? What do you mean? Because there's not much of that going on. You think you're going to get one without the other? You're delusional. You want a man who will fight for you? Be intimate with that man. And all the people said, amen. Good preaching, pastor. That was amazing. Amazing stuff. That's that's good. So I fixed that. At first, half the men were ready to leave the church. And now they're ready to join. All right, so we're... We're good. We're good. <laughs> turn, turn to our time of communion this morning. Ask our ushers to get ready to serve the people. And the people at home, get ready to uh, get whatever you're going to get for your bread and your wine as we celebrate what Jesus Christ did on that cross for us 2,000 years ago. His body was broken. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sins. This is what we remember and experience and partake of when we take our communion together. And the Bible says that whenever we do this, we should pause and examine ourselves. You know, listen, everybody messes up. Nobody gets this stuff right. Nobody. You know, I talk, I talk about these relational things all the time. People think, oh, great, you never had... We all have these problems. We're all idiots. We all say things. Man, <laughs> one set of words that I have used so much in my marriages, I'm sorry. You know, learn to say I'm sorry. 
Nobody gets us right. No man gets us right all the time. No woman gets us right. Just serving God in our life. We're surrounded by temptations and problems and anger and frustrations. And, but here's the thing. When you mess up, keep a short count, account with God. Just get it right. And this is what we do when we have communion. So I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads as I pray a prayer of forgiveness over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed, something that we've done, maybe something we didn't do that we should have done, if we haven't loved you with our whole heart, if we haven't loved our neighbors as ourselves, if we haven't loved and respected and cared for our spouses because we're so interested about me, 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 for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us, we pray, and forgive us of all our sins. And as people are reflecting, their heads bowed, Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I've, I've never done anything like this. I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. Maybe you're watching online right now. You can do that. Just right now in your own words, ask Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. And you can start your first steps of faith this morning and experience this wonderful, joyous experience that we've been celebrating all morning.